Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesia Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, old fuzzy screen himself, Bad Connection, AJ Johnson. It's a beautiful. Oh, <laughs> he, 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 he said, "Old fuzzy screen." He does. He has old fuzzy screen. He does, he's got the fuzzy screen right now. He's got. We've got Aaron with the connection. We've got AJ with the bad looks, and then it's and then it's just me with the, the bad, bad looks. Zoom. Look here. This ain't what I came back for. Don't come at me like that. Hey, this is what happens. <laughs> I gotta welcome you back. I gotta welcome you back. I gotta welcome you back. <laughs> Uh, but it is a beautiful October 6th morning here in the city. Episode 95 is about to kick off. We have an AFC game preview on the horizon. We've got a uh, Thursday night football DFS. We've got, of course, morning headlines and uh, an injury report to get into as well. How goes it, gentlemen? AJ, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you and ask you because I, I attacked you to start the show. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, I forgive you. Uh, thanks for, you know, rectifying that by asking me how I'm doing <laughs> on this lovely. <laughs> That's too easy. <laughs> did, did he say rectify? <laughs> no, I did not say rectify, but we all know that you would get up for that. So uh, I'm okay without getting up. Oh, my goodness. This is taking a turn. Getting up for what? Uh, you don't even remember laughing at that on the on the show yesterday, apparently. But I, I can I, barely even get up for this show, let alone get up for a word. <laughs> <laughs> I barely remember what I said yesterday. I barely remember what I said five minutes ago, let alone what I said last night or yesterday. That's fair. Whatever time That's you fair. Do that. Well, I remember uh, what you guys said yesterday or what we said yesterday. I remember what AJ said. I remember what day it is. This show is off to a fantastic too. start. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we all don't know shit. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into something that we do know. Let's get into our morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Breaking news, breaking news. Alert the press, alert the press. Buccaneers legend. He might go down in the ring of honor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cole Beasley has announced his retirement from the NFL again. Uh, he is now no longer with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He said, Hey, I like my family too much and Tampa sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. And Cole Beasley has officially announced his retirement, uh, from the league. Aaron, you had a story that you wanted to tell about this, that, that you needed to, no, I want you to stop being, I want you to stop being disrespectful. Okay. I want, you, I want you to stop being disrespectful. Your job is to to share the morning headlines with these people. And the morning headline is Cole Beasley retired. And it wasn't in a funny way. It wasn't in a, it was a ha ha he ha. It's only Cole Beasley. Do you way. know what show we're on? Do you know what show this is? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So now all of a sudden you want, oh, now we want to back to being jokesters now? Is that what this is? I oh, mean, okay. But you gotta uh-huh. you gotta let me know in advance how, how we're gonna do this because I can't oh, keep up well. with uh, uh, with what we're doing each day. Uh-huh. No, um, no, I didn't have it wasn't a, a crazy story, but I did think it was worth mentioning. Uh, this is the second time Cole Beasley out of nowhere has announced his retirement. Uh, if you remember Cole Beasley when he was a rookie, he was with the Dallas Cowboys, and matter of fact, I was at the training camp when it happened. He just walked out and he was going to quit football, and he said um, he had a lot of things going on, and he decided to quit football, and they had to talk him out of retiring. Um, they had to have a meeting with them. They talked him out of retiring. He ended up coming back and was with the Dallas Cowboys, but this is not the first time he's done that. And I found that to be very interesting that we don't get details. Um, he's been in the league a while since 2012, but I do find it interesting when players like this who have had such a long career and yes, seven years in the NFL, or I'm sorry, 11 years in the NFL is a long career. Um, uh, I find it strange when they do things like this instead of like, why did you come back two weeks ago? This isn't Tom Brady where he's contemplated the whole time. Do I want to retire? This is a guy that two weeks ago was like, okay, I'll join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then now two weeks later, it's like, and eh, maybe I won't. And I don't think it has anything to do with the team being bad. Obviously we, we know they're not, um, but maybe it does have something to do with his playing time or the fit or whatever, but I would like to know more. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, despite you making fun of it just being, quote, Cole Beasley. But uh, Cole Beasley has had uh, many good years in this league, so uh, I thought it was interesting. No, sir. I did not just say it was just Cole Beasley. That was not the route I went down. Let's pull the curtain back then. You weren't even going to mention this as a morning headline. 
Wow, yes the no? disrespect to pull the curtain back on that. What are we this show yeah. now? Are we doing this yeah. now? Are we yeah. this show yeah, now? Yeah, we are, we are because you back? always want to pull the curtain back and you were like, I was like, you were doing morning highlights. Ah, oh, well. I just I just find it funny that he asked us if we didn't really remember the first time. If we remember the first time Cole Beasley retired, like it was like recent. And then he talks about his rookie year 11 seasons ago. Like, why would I remember him as a rookie retiring? Because your job is to remember him. You are to remember him as a rookie when he was trying his best. I mean, he wouldn't even just dig. He didn't have a helmet catch on the way outside of the (laughs) sideline like six, seven years ago. This is why people, people in the chat, people on YouTube, this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm here. I'm here to keep these two on. Thank God. I am the reason why I keep you two honest. I don't let you get away with the, oh, I didn't remember. Your job is to remember. So if you don't remember, I'm going to remind you. My job is to remember. Let me give the respect that Cole Beasley truly deserves. He is hanging it up after, what, 11 years in the NFL? So hanging it up after 11 years in the NFL, he's got an All-Pro, a second-team All-Pro back in 2020. He was named the 96th best player in the 2021 NFL Top 100. Uh, he finishes career with 554 receptions. He finishes career with over 5,700 yards and 34 touchdowns in a great career for the Beasles. That, that's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be bummed out. I can't say the Beasles anymore. That's why hey, I'm, I'm not gonna be able. To I just know. I just know that if this was a Jaguar or if it was a Falcon, <laughs> it would have been mentioned. That's all I'm I, saying. I can't. I can I confirm. Can't. I can confirm that. I can't believe we're Maybe. set. Wait, well, that is true. I did. Well, no, I I kind of rolled into the Blake Bortles thing and joked around about Blake Bortles yesterday. I said he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but you put it <laughs> in the morning headlines. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, well, that's my point. This well, we wasn't in there. I had to tell you to put this in there. That's fair. That's fair. I do. I do. I do like Blake Bortles more than I like Cole Beasley. Uh, but now we are seven <laughs> minutes in, and I did have a quick question of the day. But I'm going to save that for tomorrow. So you're going to have to tune in because it is oh, now man, time for injury report. <laughs> Well, you know who can't get up? Yep, that's right. It's Jesus. Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones can't get up. His ankle is hurting, but he was limited in practice with that ankle injury. So uh, Mac Jones, I don't think he's going to play again. I think this is just what Belichick does. Plays it close to the vest. Puts out limited practice reports so people can't game plan for Bailey Zappi or whoever. Um, so that ankle injury is still limiting Mac Jones. Uh, I do anticipate him to be out another week or so. Maybe longer. Jonathan Taylor, tonight's Thursday night game. Big uh, big announcement came yesterday after we went off the air. Jonathan Taylor uh, inactive. We had, we had mentioned, um, should he play, should he not play? Um, I said it would be irresponsible if they're going to treat an ankle injury differently than any other injury if they're saying that um, it could further hurt or, you know, he could further, further the injury or if he's not really ready to be on the field. And they made him inactive, which, again, was kind of expected. Uh, Miles Garrett did return to practice after that single car crash. And Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice with a knee injury, but he does have a chance to play. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is a great safety. It's just unfortunate that he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're not very good right now. But a, a limited injury report. It, it was Wednesday. There were a ton of did not practices, a ton of limited practices, but we talk about this every week. Wednesday is kind of the day where people are getting rest. Um, they're they're kind of veteran rest days. Um, guys with little n- nagging injuries um, sit out, and uh, we will see what happens as far as today's practices and moving into Friday. I believe there was – I don't know if this was uh, this was newsworthy. I wasn't able to find the headline before the show when I was making this list, but did you guys see what was going on with Tom Brady? Um, yeah, he's got uh, – as far as injuries? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a shoulder smart. injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he's banged up. But I don't know if you remember last week at the Sunday night game, you've seen it after he took that hit. They said he was having trouble throwing the football and, and stuff like that. So that, that could be something to watch as well. But, you know, it is Tom Brady. So, yeah. Document injuries to his heart. Oh. <clears throat> stop. Oh. That's what I thought you were talking about. I'm not going any further than no, that. No, no, I no. I was talking. I, I was more referring to the Wednesday, the non <laughs> like, 
Because last week there was a report that came out that he was not going to practice Wednesdays, like his days off were Wednesdays, and then he showed up to practice and practice on last Wednesday, but now this week he didn't, and there's just a lot happening, and Tom Brady can do whatever he wants, okay? Until, uh, uh, for the rest of his career, Tom Brady can just do whatever he wants, and we're just going to let it slide, that's just... That's <laughs> just Tom that's Brady. Just, yeah, it's it's Tom Brady. That's just, that's just how it is. But uh, that does it, though, for our morning headlines and our injury report. AJ, tell the people where they can follow us at before we get into our AFC game previews. All right. Well then, ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal. It is Good Morning Sac City, which you can find at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok. You know the deal when you head over there, hit those likes, hit those shares, hit those follows. Make sure you are rocking with us every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, for your fantasies on Sunday, we got the Pigs, Kids, and Pancakes. Come with us at 11. Set up your lineups. And the only place to find that is on YouTube at Sac City Pod. And of course, hit that like, hit that share, hit that follow, hit that subscribe, hit that notification on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Your boys are right here, back in town. All day, every day. It's we, we got a lot of content. We got a lot, a lot of content heading your way. Uh, be sure to follow us everywhere, like AJ said. Let's get into our AFC Week 5 game previews. Once again, the Thursday night football game tonight is between the Colts and the Denver Broncos. If you missed that game preview, it is out now on YouTube. You can check that out um, and be, get yourself ready for the Thursday night game. Um, but we kick things off today with the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1-3, and three, traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, at three and one, the Bills are 14 point favorites in this game. This is actually the first time uh, since 95 that the Steelers have been this big of an underdog in a game. Uh, is this is this fair to a Mike Tomlin team, Aaron? Is this is this fair to a Mike Tomlin team to say, okay, they're 14 point dogs in this game? Yeah, it's fair. I mean, the way they've played this season. And the way Buffalo has looked and what the talent we believe Buffalo has, of course it's fair. Um, is it disrespectful? Yeah, it's disrespectful. Mike Tomlin probably deserves a little bit more credit than that, perhaps. But it's fair because they're bringing in a rookie quarterback on the road. Uh, and they haven't played well offensively. The offensive line hasn't been good. They haven't been able to run the ball. Um, there's been some turnovers. Um, they have to show that they can they get the ball moving and actually score some points before we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Yes, week one was a great win against Cincinnati, but now you look at week one as the outlier because since then they've lost to the Jets. They've lost to some teams that were like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be losing to. And if you are losing to them, why are you losing the way you are? So, um, yes, it's fair. I know we don't like to be disrespectful towards Mike Tomlin, and we all agree he's one of the best coaches in football, if not the best coach in football. But they are limited at this point. They do have to get things on the right track. And this once again proves without a quarterback in the NFL, and you don't have a guy that you can lean on and rely on, doesn't matter how good of a coach you are, yeah. it's, it's going to be hard to win. It's going to be hard to win games. Yeah, and this is a, we're entering a different era of 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 P Pittsburgh Steelers football. Maybe not uh, not a complete reset here, but if they lose this game, it would be the first one and four start uh, since it's, it would only be their sixth one and four start in like the entire Pittsburgh Steelers franchise history. So like that they just don't they don't start off bad. This is a naturally or a, just a historically successful team uh, that just does not have bad starts. AJ, in this game, we will see Kenny Pickett be the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, after last week, his game against the, the New York Jets coming in relief for Mitch Trubisky. What do you expect to see in a full game's worth? For Obviously, the defense for the Bills is great. Like, it's not yeah. – it, it he's going to have a hard time. But what are you looking for and expecting to see from Mitch Trubisky? I mean, finally, just to get to see him play within a game plan. What do they? What do they think? What do the Steelers think Kenny Pickett's strengths are? I remember when we were talking about uh, the Steelers in uh, preseason, we wondered when would be the right time for him to start, and we thought about Week Ten and how it'd be too difficult. And now we're bringing him in in Week Five with the Bills' defense, who is elite at the best and ready to ready to make him pay. Uh, so I'm expecting to see what they are looking to see his strengths are. You know, is he and George Pickens going to make the connection more often? Is he going to get his uh, 
his completions to Pat Fryermuth, as you brought up, how he's going to probably be a guy who benefits from having Kenny Pickett under center. Is Deontay Johnson going to get the looks he deserves as a wide receiver one? And how's that line going to protect him up against a guy like Gregory Rousseau, who's got four sacks on the season, against a Vaughn Miller, who's got 18 pressures and three sacks on the season, and a Jordan Poyer and a Dane Jackson who've been playing very good in the back end uh, after Micah Hyde's injury. So he's – if, if this is me saying I believe in throwing someone into the fire, and if you're going to give a rookie his first go at it, you might as well get the hardest debut of a full game you can have. Because after that, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy sailing or anything like that. You're not just going to Kenny Cruz pick it all the way down, but uh, you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable about some of the teams you're going to be facing when your very first full game as a starter expected to go in there and perform is against a team like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is not an easy task for him. Do you think that it is Mitch Trubisky done? Do you think that we're like we're done with Mitch Trubisky? I don't think that you see them pull Kenny Pickett and bench him in lieu of starting for a game like they did in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Can Kenny Pickett be having a bad game and by the third quarter, the end of the third quarter, you're like, all right, we're not going to win. Go sit down and let's let Mitch come back in. Sure. But Mitch Trubisky is going to have to be one of those guys that kind of Aaron mentioned. Start to know your role. Be okay being a backup in this league because at this point, that's what it looks like. You may get a chance down the road like Marcus Mariota got to start for a team that's looking for a bridge QB before they get their rookie to start going. But other than that, in my opinion, like I said, Mitch is going to Mitch and he's going to find himself on the bench and he's going to have to be a, a solid backup who should be helping Kenny Pickett grow because at this point, you are the clipboard holder respectfully. Like that's still important. Like you have to be there for your team one way or another. That's why I didn't love it. That's why I didn't love this move at this stage because you can't go back to Mitch. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm a believer you throw rookies into the fire, but I believe you do that from week one. Um, if you're going to wait until week four and you're one and four, um, at this point now, this is how I view the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've given up on the season. And I'm not saying they're not going to try hard, but I believe Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers are saying, we do not have the team nor the talent to win this season. Because if you feel like you have the talent to win this season, then Kenny Pickett would have been your starter from day one. So you obviously didn't feel like he's ready. And I'm sorry, with the limited reps that a, that a backup quarterback gets in practice, you couldn't have told me after four weeks of that, that now all of a sudden he's ready to be your starter. So you believed Mitch was the better quarterback, which means you, you were wrong. And which now you're willing to accept Kenny Pickett's mistakes because you can't, I don't believe you can be in the third quarter with Kenny Pickett throwing three interceptions and say, you know what, Kenny Pickett, take a seat, Mitch, get back in there. You can't do that. Once you went to uh, Kenny Pickett, he's your guy. Through thick, through thin, through mistakes, through anything, unless he's injured, Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy. And yeah, maybe he could provide a spark, but I don't believe in the Pittsburgh Steelers' mind that they felt like he was the best quarterback for the job at the time, which means he's probably still not the best job in week four. It's why I said the – what I thought was best was put Kenny Pickett in when you're out of it. If you're not going to start in week one, wait until you're one and seven, one and eight. Instead, now you bring him in against the number one pass defense, the number one run defense, the number one scoring defense. Uh, like, and now when he struggles, what's the first thing he has to deal with? That's the first sign of adversity he has to deal with is from the fans being like, oh, maybe Kenny Pickett's not the guy. We, we make excuses for guys we want to make excuses for. Last week, all I heard after he came in and played was he looked good, which I'll be honest, he did. But then other people were like, well, he threw three picks. Which, which is it? But they were tip balls. Is he going to get the excuses of being tipped interceptions? And how long does that last? Because if every week you're throwing three picks and they're all tipped or all <laughs> the receivers fall, or then when at what point do you become, all right, this guy's just throwing a lot of picks. So I worry about that stuff. The schedule's tough coming up. Um but they've gone to him, and I do trust Mike Tomlin, but I don't think you can go back now. I do think Kenny Pickett has to be your starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm on board with both with both of you guys' statements on, on Kenny Pickett and the Mitch Trubisky situation. I think that and I, I don't know if t Mike Tomlin is that type of coach that will that will put his team in that situation where, like, he goes back and forth and flip-flops between quarterbacks. But if but Mike Tomlin he did is – did it with Mason Rudolph and, and, and Duck, Hodges. Duck Hodges. Yeah, that's <laughs> – That was <laughs> – that was an interesting year. He's done it. He's done it. <laughs> it's, it's, that's true. I, he and wants I do to win. Think you can consider you can consider Mike Tomlin as a coach who just wants to win. He doesn't care about anything yeah. else besides winning. So maybe maybe we do see that in the, in in the future, but maybe not so this game because the Buffalo Bills 
are what you just stated, stated with their defense very good. Their defense is only, has only allowed one touchdown in the second half of games. That came in that Miami game. And it's not like they've played cakewalk teams. They've played Baltimore. They've played the Rams. It's this is this is a team that's very good, and it's going to be tough for Kenny Pickett uh, in this game. AJ, starting off with you, who do you think wins this game? What's the score? Um, I got I got the Bills in this game. Uh, I think this is the first time they get to do what we expect them to do and beat a team down, not including week one. Obviously, we talked about that. But uh, I have the Steelers and uh, – I'm sorry, the Bills in this game, 35-20. to 20. Aaron? Uh, I think Buffalo wins this game pretty easily. With no TJ Watt, it's huge for the Steelers' defense. Their, their defense has struggled. I'll take the Bills in this one. 38 to 13. I have the bills as well. I will go third. Oh, I will go f- 35 to 10 Buffalo bills. Next game on our list. is the Los Angeles chargers at two and two taking on the Browns that are also two and two. Both these teams are averaging 50 points per game and tied for sixth in the NFL with both 50 points per game. But it's a tale of two different offenses. You 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 look at the you look at the stats here. It's it what what's what's wrong? What 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 are you looking at me for? What's what's the problem? I read this in the doc a few times, and I was like, I don't know. That can't be right. There's no way. And what he means? <laughs> he said they're both averaging fifty points a game total. Total in the game is what he means. Like through the first yeah, four that, games, they my apologies. The game is two hundred points. And stats, like, oh, that's what he means. Thing. I thought he'd say it differently. That's my thing. I'll, wow. I'll, re, I'll, I'll come back on this one. The Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cleveland Browns here. Both two and two. Chargers are two and a half point favorites in a game of 47 and a half point over under. Both these teams' offense have looked good in different ways is what I should be saying. You look at the Chargers' offense averaging 307 uh, yards per game on the pass. And then on the flip side, the Browns are not passing very well. And it, it's just two completely different offenses. One good at rushing, one bad at rushing, one good at passing, one bad at passing. With the Chargers defense, we have th- talked about that so much this season about whether or not they, they have to prove it. They have to prove that all this talent and, and that they, they are the real deal. They haven't looked that great. And one of their biggest weaknesses still is against the rush. Aaron, is this a disaster matchup for the Chargers defense? Um, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. Cleveland can run the football, and Nick Chubb is the best running back in football. I've said it over the last three weeks. I'm convinced of it. Um, he is just the best running back in football, pure runner. And yeah, it's going to be tough for them. The Chargers allow the most yards per carry in the NFL. And we talk about a team that knows who they are. We talk about identity a lot. The Cleveland Browns know who they are, um, at least right now with Jacoby Brissett. And they've been this way for the past four to five years. They want to run the football. And they are going to give the ball to Nick Chubb and they're going to give the ball to Kareem Hunt. And that's not going to change in this game. I think the Chargers in this game have a terrible matchup and actually are in jeopardy of losing it to a Jacoby Brissett led team because of the style of play. Cleveland wants to get after the passer, which the Chargers want to pass a lot. Their offensive line is banged up and they want to run the football and they have the horses in the backfield to run the football. This is not a good matchup for the Chargers. Um, are they on the road? This is one of those games where it's going to look odd because the Chargers are favored on the road, but it would not shock me if Cleveland comes out of this game with a victory. Yeah, when I was like writing up the preview for this game, I was like, man, this I this is an even this is an I want to say this is an even game. Like I get it the passing when it, when you look at Justin Herbert, Jacoby Brissett, it's like they're two different things, but like that rushing attack for the Browns almost makes up for it. It's game. It's a game-changing rushing attack, and the Chargers' defense against the rush is not good. So it's like it makes up for it. It's almost an even matchup. But the Browns still have Joe, Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, and I'm not dis- disrespecting Jacoby Brissett. He's done his job. He's done what he's had to do. But this Browns' offense has literally relied so much on the run that they've not needed Jacoby Brissett to do much. AJ, do you think in this game that they can win by just solely relying on the run? Cleveland Browns? I I don't. um, Well, I do, actually, because – and we've seen this before. I mean, you think about a couple years ago when the the 
Green Bay Packers didn't have a good run defense and people would just run through them and you'd win games like that. But more so for the Browns, this is what they do. They've beaten teams by just running the ball. Jacoby Brissett can manage the game to his liking. I'm not saying they're going to run 100% of the time, but if they're running 64, 65, 35 and making the passes when necessary, Jacoby Brissett is a good enough quarterback to get the ball to Amari Cooper in a third and nine situation to get the ball to Donovan people Jones on a switch up and throw the ball deep downfield and let him do what he does best. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just attack this rush defense. If if the Chargers can bulk up and show that they know they're coming in to run the ball and find ways to apply the pressure to the run, it may become a little bit more difficult. But I also think this is going to be an offensive battle because on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert is going to do what he does best, and he's going to be airing it out to these guys and scoring and keeping this defense on their heels as well. So uh, it's going to be very tough, and I do believe that it's going to it's going to come down to who can convert on third down a lot, and that will have to be the Browns. And if you are in those third and six and third and seven situations, it may be harder to just do it with the run. But I do think they're capable of it because of how bad this rush defense is and how good the Cleveland Browns rushing offense is. Yeah, I uh, I don't like this matchup for the Chargers at all. I have the, Brow- I, I, have the I, Browns, say, I have the Browns winning in this game. Jacoby Brissett is top 10 in QBR this year. Um, he knows what he is, and he's been really, really efficient. Um, I, I think we look at Jacoby Brissett and we say game manager – but Jacoby Brissett is, is probably a little bit more than just a game manager. I think he does. We, we've talked about him in the past about his size, his ability to throw the football. It's a little bit better than that average quarterback that you just come in and you're a little bit worried about. He has, he has arm strength, um, really good in short yardage. And AJ mentioned like being able to hit Amari Cooper for third and nine, which what's so great about that is they're rarely in third and long situations because their running game is so good. So it allows that offense to be flexible and do different things. The Cleveland Browns' strengths are the Chargers' weaknesses, and the Chargers' um, strengths are the Browns' strengths. And I think that Chargers love to throw the ball. Cleveland's what top? They're in the top half of the league in, in defending against the pass. Plus, they have a pass rush against a weak O line. I think this is a prime spot for another upset because they're, they're not favored um, for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm with you, Vinny. I think this is a matchup nightmare for for the Chargers. Yeah, I, I, I think the Browns win this game. I'm going to say Browns 24-21. I think it's a closer game, and I think the Browns end up getting it because they're going to control the ball more. They're going to take it out of Justin Herbert's hands, and they're going to end up winning in the end. They're at 24-21. Uh, AJ, what's your pick? Uh, you know, I actually was a little bit more surprised with that offensive line of the Chargers last week. 39 pass attempts only allowed the one sack, and that was without Rashawn Slater. Um, if Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett aren't in this game, uh, you know, they weren't able to really get after Atlanta, and that may play into the favor of Justin Herbert. This is a bad matchup, but uh, I think the Chargers are going to get it right. I also have a close game, but I'm going to take the Chargers 27-24. Miles Garrett will most likely be in the – he returned to practice today, so he should be good to go. Yeah, I think he plays, but yeah. um, who knows about Jadavion Clowney? you got Miles yeah. Garrett. It's like having two Jadavion Clowneys there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a close game as well, but I do have the Browns in this one. I also think it's a low-scoring game. I think the final here is 23-20. Uh, Cleveland gets the, the late win. All right, there you go. Uh, we're all on the Browns train here, even though the upsets, well, upset alert. Chargers. No, he picked Oh, you pick the Chargers? Sorry. Okay. Chargers. Do you actually pay attention? No, I don't. Not, I really don't. Uh, I, I actually don't. It's like it's like when I talk to my wife, I normally just listen. Like I like listen to I listen to keywords and phrases. I listen to keywords and phrases. That's what it is. Mister <laughs> Counter. <laughs> Lions, Patriots. Next game on our list: the one three Lions travel to New England to take on the Patriots uh, at also at one and three. Um, this game here, obviously the Patriots are favored. The Lions, though, their offense has been incredible the past few weeks. They are one of the best offenses, the highest scoring offenses, most yards per game offense in the league. Uh, AJ, for the Patriots defense to come into this game, what do you think the key is to slow down this surprisingly high-powered Detroit Lions offense? Uh, controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's something that they've been able to do. Uh, 
you, you, the Lions' offensive line has gotten loads better than they have last year, so it's not going to be an easy task. But it's about winning in the trenches. If they can control the line of scrimmage, if they can get into the backfield, they can apply pressure to Jared Goff, make him make mistakes, it's going to be a little easier for them to slow this offense down. Now, it's amazing how they were able to put up 45 points without their two top guys. But if you're going into this game with the same formula, with the 15, 12, 12, 12, 13 targets to TJ Hawkinson and hoping that comes out on top for close to 200 yards again, it's going to be a lot more difficult to recreate that type of performance. Uh, he's going to have to spread the ball around more. We've seen some of these guys in that backfield for in that secondary for the Patriots come up with big plays. Matthew Judon has been wreaking havoc on people with four sacks on the season. So this is one of the defenses that has the capability of slowing down this offense. But this offense yeah. has been a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I still expect them to put up some yards and put up some points. But the Patriots at this point, besides the top-notch top five defenses, is a team that I think has the capability to slow down this offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you look. You, we talk about what happened last week. We, uh, going into the game with Green Bay, they had Brian Hoyer start the game, Bailey Zappi come in, and it was a close game. They took him to overtime. It was 27-24. And we talked about why it was that because you just don't push around the New England Patriots defense. You don't push around Bill Belichick. And this guy just <laughs> crossing his arms like something's wrong here. That you don't. You don't. It, it, Bill Belichick makes it hard to play against. That's that's the thing. And there's no there is no denying that. I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not denying that. And I'm not disagreeing with the statement that the Patriots are a tough out. I'm the one who said it. I get that. But you talk about you just don't push them around. Actually, you do. The Patriots have had one of the worst <laughs> run defenses over the past two seasons. They don't stop the run well. It's actually the part of the team that actually you can get a little bit on the Patriots is the physicalness in the trenches and pushing that defensive line back in the run game. I think they're bottom half against the run this season. And you talk about a team with, I'm sorry, even with the injuries. The Detroit Lions have been an elite offensive line this year. They are one of the best running football teams in the NFL and with Obviously, DeAndre Swift being out, you're going to have a Jamal Williams who ran for another 100 yards again. They are going to run the football. This is what Ben Johnson does. It's predicated on running the football. It gives Jared Goff play action. And when you have play action and an effective running game, it disallows guys like Matthew Judon to get to the quarterback because they have to worry about the running game. The Detroit offense, I don't want to say this sounds so stupid because it's a Detroit offense. I don't know that there's a defense out there that can, quote, stop them. I think there's a deep what a world out there. What a world down. They are one of the more creative offenses in the NFL. You know, what's going to slow Detroit down. If Amon Ross St. Brown can't play again, if Deandre Swift is out again, then you start to DJ Shark, you start to lose talent. And when you start to lose talent, it's harder to move the football, despite what they were able to do last week against Seattle. We know Seattle's defense is just atrocious uh, at this point. So, I do think that the Detroit Lions offense is going to have their way with the Patriots defense. It's the one thing you worry about is the Foxborough element, being on the road in New England. Um, could this be a letdown game for that Detroit Lions offense? But I'm sold. The, the Ben Johnson-led Detroit Lions offense is one of the best in football. And I always use this line by hook or by crook. They find a way to score points. Even if it's late in games and – and they're down by a lot. They find a way to keep applying pressure and put the ball in the end zone. Uh, I don't think this week is any different. The problem is I don't think that they could stop Vinny Milani at quarterback. So it doesn't matter who the Patriots have under center. They'll probably be able to score this week. And that's where I think you have to start wondering, can the, can the Lions just outscore New England? And that's the question mark. Shout out Ben Johnson. Shout out Ben Johnson. Best offensive coordinator in football right now. Ooh, ah, okay. All right. All right. It's hard to argue that. It's hard to argue, but you talked about it. The, you said I could win a quote. I could, this, me being quarterback of the New England Patriots, that yeah, Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Oh, and I'm a turd, but there is a new quarterback in New England and it is Bailey Zappi. Aaron, what do you expect to see from him? Give us, give the, maybe the new viewers. I mean, he goes zap it in there. He's the zapster. Like, <laughs> <laughs> zap it in there <laughs> like for 15 now he did fumble the ball but he 107 pass rating this is the zapster he's he's mac jones but with a cooler name and, and just he's just better so they should start him for the rest of the year <laughs> this is not a joke bailey zappy i do believe actually has potential 
Like, I do think he could be a franchise quarterback given the experience. And I don't mean he could go win Super Bowls, but I do think he's a guy that could come in and be one of the 32 best in the NFL. He has zero weapons on that team. Devontae Parker is his best guy. He has a good running game, but I think he has that talent level. His arm talent is really, really good. His thing is he's played at a small school. He's lacked experience. He hasn't played against big opponents. He hasn't seen all these defenses. He is going to struggle at times, but what better game to get right then going to play the Detroit Lions, who gave Geno Smith, made him look like the next coming of Joe Montana. So I I think it's a perfect matchup for Bailey Zappi. I think he should have a good day. And I do expect New England to pull this one out because of the Belichick factor. A late stop, um, but another high-scoring game in a, in a Detroit Lions because if you play the Lions, you're scoring at least 27 points. It's just, it's just a fact. Yep. Just a no, fact. yeah, that's, this, may be, this may be a good matchup for Bailey Zappi to come in and be able just to – let it rip. This is hey, a hey, quarterback. Contra- if people are going to have a quarterback controversy between oh, no doubt. Rush and <laughs> no doubt. Prescott, I don't want to hear shit. I, wa- I want to hear all the same that's energy when you, you know that's what, You know that's what's going to come, though. You know that's what's going to happen. We're not going to get a quarterback controversy in New England. We're going to be on this show next week talking about how no one is talking about how a quarterback controversy exists uh, because it's Mac Jones and not Dak Prescott. Uh, what was your final score, Aaron? Uh, I will say New England wins this one, thirty-one twenty-eight. AJ, I had I'm Detroit lying. I'm thirty-one twenty-seven. I was gonna say thirty-one twenty-seven. I, I can't give Detroit four touchdowns. Belichick's red zone defense will stop them from getting all the way in the end zone. So um, I'll say thirty-one twenty-six, just because that means like, <laughs> a lot of, there's three three field goals in there. I will say twenty-eight twenty twenty-eight twenty-seven Patriots twenty-eight twenty-seven. Patriots. The next game on our list, it's the Miami Dolphins traveling to MetLife Stadium, take on the New York Jets, the three and one Miami Dolphins and the two and two New York Jets. The over under is three and a half points with the, or the over under is 46. The Dolphins are favored by three and a half points here in this game. No Tua for the Miami Dolphins though. Uh, Tua is obviously out with a concussion. The investigation is still going on. Teddy Bridgewater steps in, uh, Aaron, what do you expect to see from Teddy Bridgewater in this game? Let me let me rephrase this question. Not what to expect to see from Teddy Bridgewater. We know what Teddy Bridgewater is. What do you think we see from the weapons around Teddy Bridgewater in this game? I like your first question better. We know what we're going to see from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They're good. But do we? Like, do we? Last week when Teddy Bridgewater came in, Jalen Waddle was was not a factor. Jalen Waddle did not get. Jalen Waddle just had one target last week when when Teddy Bridgewater came in. But what did Tyreek do? Like they both can't a catch lot. the ball at the same time. Like it just happened to be a Tyreek Hill game, and before that, we've had Jalen Waddle games. Like they're going to be fine. Like he's going to throw a two yard route, and they're going to turn it into fifteen. You're going to throw a two yard route, he's going to turn it into forty. The receiver, I have zero concerns about Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, Chase Evans, Raheem Moser. It's not about the weapons. This is about Teddy Bridgewater. And can Teddy Bridgewater just manage to get the football in their hands? This is a must-win game from for the Miami Dolphins. And yes, I said it. They're three and one, but it's a must-win game. They have to show that the team is good enough, the defense, the running game, the backup quarterback in managing this game, that the team is good enough to beat the Jets because we all have looked at Tua in the past, and we all don't see Patrick Mahomes. We don't see Aaron Rodgers. We don't see Josh Allen. But we see a guy like, you know what, with get him some weapons and everything, right? Like, he can play the position, and he could be successful. But we still don't see that elite arm talent of the guys that we want to put in the upper echelon, and which means that he probably doesn't have the ability to just go out and take over a game um, in most cases, albeit he did it against Baltimore. That's what we need to see from the rest of the Dolphins team is that they can win or they could beat the teams they're supposed to beat without Tua. That way, when they play tougher teams with Tua, that added extra whatever he's giving them is going to allow them to be successful in those situations. Uh, You can't lose this game. You cannot lose this division game to the Jets, to an inferior opponent with a quarterback that's only in his second year, first game or second game this season. and you're supposed to be one of the best teams in football. You can't lose this game, in my opinion. If you do, I'm going to start questioning how good the Dolphins are as a whole. I like the pieces, but as a whole, how good are you actually? Or with some of those wins early in the season, I don't say fool's gold, but just um, not really what you are. And uh, this will this would lend to my question of the, the day maybe tomorrow. So 
You know, I might mm. hit towards this tomorrow. Mm. I don't know if I like that. Well, I don't I care don't... if you like it. I remember I was the I was I myself personally was the first person to say that the Dolphins were going I, to no, be good. And no, but, but, I know, but that's what but that's I'm not the comparing problem. Them that's anymore. what I have. That's what I have a problem. Go ahead. But that's what I have a problem with, though, because if if this if this Dolphins team does lose this game with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, you're you're willing to just draw like have second thoughts and wonder if it's fool's gold from yes. what they did at the beginning of the season. They, let's not let's not forget what how high we were on them though beating but but so really what I'm trying to get at here is the you do you see the drop off between Tua and Teddy Bridgewater like I, that's what that's, like I feel that's like my the difference though that there's not a huge difference the, the the difference between Tua and Teddy Bridgewater is, the gap is not this like Teddy Bridgewater has been successful in this league he came in as a backup quarterback with the New Orleans Saints and won went six and zero. Oh. And you would have been like, "Oh my God, that's Drew Brees." If, that's if what I mean. But, but if, let me if, finish. If you're if you're saying this though, I might I might if if you're saying this, and I'm considering all all the factors here, and I'm taking what you're saying, I'm out on the Miami Dolphins being a Super Bowl contender or any type of contender in this league. Like like well, they'll, what, they'll be a playoff team, but they're not. We we talked we talked in the first through through the first three weeks of if they're they're the they're arguably the best team in the AFC East if they can contend for the the number one spot in the AFC East with the Bills. If yeah. you're saying this with them, they're not then they're not even close. They're not That's, even in the same. You're making as the Buffalo. You're Bills. making my point. If they can't win with with, with or with, without Tua, with or without Tua, though, what I'm saying with them saying even my with point. Tua, That's we the had, point. But you're making we my had. point for me. The rest of the team has to step up. You can't have just a team of Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa. So if Teddy Bridgewater is coming in to fill in for Tua and you can't beat the Jets, then you are not a Super Bowl team, even with Tua Tungavailoa. That's my point. Because the drop-off between Tua Tungavailoa and, and Teddy Bridgewater is not going from Patrick Mahomes to Matt Moore. Or, or uh, Patrick Holmes to somebody like Taylor Heineke, that drop-off is significant. Teddy Bridgewater has proven to come in and win with a team that was talented around him with the New Orleans Saints. They were a Super Bowl-caliber team with Drew Brees. We knew that. Then Drew Brees goes out, we're like, okay, what kind of team are the Saints going to be without Drew Brees? They went 6-0 and in the regular season. He did what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. They won the games they were supposed to win. If you lose those games, you start to question the people around Tua. That's what I'm saying. You start to wonder, can they be a Super Bowl team? Remember, as high as I was on the Dolphins, I don't, I didn't have them competing. I didn't even have them making the playoffs at 10 and 7 this year. So for, for us to put them as high as we did early, and then now for them to come in, and if they lose, if they can't beat a team like the Jets, with knowing Teddy Bridgewater starting all week long, I am going to be down on them for being Super Bowl contenders, for being people that we thought can contend with the Buffalo Bills. That that makes those games more of anomalies or uh, just one off saying, Hey, they had a good regular season stretch. But when it comes down to the playoffs, I would have more concern. I have concerns about their secondary, their pass rush. There's other things on the team that I want to see, not Teddy Bridgewater, because we know what we're going to get from two gloves. Hey, we got two, we got four, we got a total of four gloves this week uh, between Kenny Pickett and, and Teddy two gloves. We got two, two. Yeah. Just not, not a good ratio of quarterbacks with two gloves in the league this week. Uh, but on the other side, we'll stay with the quarterback position and talk about Zach Wilson. Obviously, first game back last week uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't look too bad, especially in the fourth quarter. He was able to uh, rally the Jets back from being down 10 points against the Steelers. Now back-to-back uh, back -to -back games, or two games the Jets have for wins, featured 10-point comebacks in the fourth quarter led by Zach Wilson last week. AJ, what do you want to see from Zach Wilson in this offense this week uh, against the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, that graphic hits on it. I want to see a faster start. I mean, we talked about giving people excuses sometimes here and there, and you might give a little one to Zach Wilson. Haven't played since the week one or two in the preseason. Uh, first game back against the Steelers defense that was inspired because they're playing a Jets team and they're looking not to go one and three. Uh, this week, I want to see a faster start. Uh, you, you got the Dolphins coming up. We're going to bring a lot of pressure at you. We're going to get in the backfield a lot. And this makeshift line has been up and down for the Jets. But if he can start getting with his weapons, we've seen the connection he likes with uh, Corey Davis. Uh, we've seen what he's done with Elijah Moore in the past. Uh, we need to see if that can come to fruition this week. We need to see if Garrett Wilson can get involved this week. Tyler Conklin, when Joe Flacco was in there, was one of the better tight ends in the league. You've got the weapons. We talk about the weapons that you have around there. Brees Hall is starting to trend upwards and is starting to run like the guy we saw in college coming into the NFL. 
So I, if you can get a faster start, you have a legitimate chance to take this Dolphins team to the brink because your defense hasn't actually, I don't want to say hasn't let you down, but they haven't been as horrible as some people would think. Sauce Gardner has been tried here and there. He's shown up in some cases. Of course, he's had some rookie woes, but he's a talented DB. We've known that. DJ Reed has been playing quite well. If he can keep Teddy Bridgewater and Bray in those intermediates, uh, those intermediate passes we talked about on the fantasy drive, uh, this offense for the Jets won't have to feel like they have to do it all at one time because they should be able to keep around with the Dolphins if this defense can step up. So if he can start like he did in that fourth quarter, you know, six passes in a row, start the first quarter six for six, seven for eight, something of that nature. Get down there and score a touchdown on your first drive. Give you guys some life to, to lean on for later in the game when you are facing some adversity, facing some trials and tribulations. And I think they'll be just fine. Even if they end up losing a close game, if we can see this offense look like they don't have to throw 60 times because they've been down all the time, that's something to, to kind of build on going forward. And the whole league is two and two, so you're not really out of it. Yeah, that's that's the wild part. It's this 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 league is just so the parody in this league uh, is unreal, especially with the Jets at two and two. Like it's not they could start five hundred for the first time since twenty eighteen. Like that's the thing this week uh, with no Teddy Bridgewater or with no Tua. Maybe this offense, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they pull, pull off the upset. I don't think they do it though. I got the Dolphins in this game. Uh, <laughs> I got the Dolphins in this game. Go twenty eight to seventeen. Um, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take Miami in this one, um, 30 to 21. And then I have the Dolphins in this game, 28 to 23. All right. There it is. Dolphins all around. The next game on our list is the Houston Texans at 0-3 and 1 traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars at 2 and 2. The Jaguars are 7 point favorites in this game with an over under of 43 and a half points. Uh this really just it felt it felt good like to see that I've, I it's been a while since I've seen the Jaguars favored by this many points, but also the it's Texans it's uh, that's what I think. I think this is this is a game where like you you take the points if you're the, if if you're a better and you want to bet on the Texans, you take the points there. I think that's too many points as well. Uh, the Texans have won eight straight games against Jacksonville Jaguars. Not to say that that was in the past. This is a different Jags team. This is a different Texans team. Everything is different. But sometimes history tends to repeat itself. And the Texans have won eight straight games. But something about this Texans team that I think is uh, a little different is Davis Mills hasn't been playing the best football that he like. Last year, we saw Davis Mills be efficient. He was fine he wasn't turning the ball over much he wasn't losing them these games but it seems like now he might be the reason why they have been losing games this year and we talk about all the time how hard the Texans play uh with Lovey Smith in the system they're tough team to play against but Davis Mills now two straight games multiple interceptions the first in his career Aaron do you think Davis Mills is preventing this team from reaching the next level I, I don't know um thanks well no okay so we have to remember when davis mills came in last year they they didn't put a whole lot on him they didn't ask him to do a lot now they're asking him to do more um i don't know that he's playing any worse than he played last year i think he was inefficient last year uh, i think he's throwing the ball a little bit more which uh, is the problem and you you start trying to make these quarterbacks that are young uh, be the franchise guy and be the future. And uh, yeah, they're going to make more mistakes. So I don't think it's fair to look at last year and say, oh, he's last year he didn't lose him games. And this year he's not, he's the reason. Well, yeah, because this year you're trying to make him your franchise quarterback. You're trying to make him look and, and, and feel like the guy that's going to be the next coming. So yeah, you have to throw the ball more. Yeah, he's going to make more mistakes. Yeah, he doesn't know all the defenses. He hasn't seen them all. He didn't start the year last year as the starter. So yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the turnovers are are, are a problem, but I expect that from a young quarterback. It would be like if Zach Wilson throws interceptions. I'm going to tell you. I expect it. He's a young quarterback that you have to let grow. I don't, I'm not, I, I always say this. Give the guy some time. Like he's on a okay. bad football team with a, a ton of young talent around him. He is going to make mistakes, but this is how you have to see if he's your guy, you have to throw him in the fire. He should progress each game, each year. And by year three with a young quarterback, if you're not seeing that progression, 
then you decide you move on if, if that's not the guy. And uh, so I think it's a little too early. He's only got what, uh, I don't know, 15 career starts maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think you need to give him a little bit more time. It's, that's, it's just too early. Uh, but yeah, he throws the ball more. He's going to turn the ball over a little bit more. That's just the nature of the beast. That's what I was kind of looking for, looking for out of that. I mean, he's been playing, he's been turning that, that, that we talked about like game manager quarterbacks and, not to put Davis Mills in that category just yet because, well, we it's still a young career, uh, but you just don't want to see them turning the ball over, and that ends up being why you lose these games and close games uh, like what the Houston Texans have been doing. Uh, in I don't the want a game manager, though. No, like I that, don't either. I, yeah, they don't, and I think they don't teams, win. That, and, yeah, and I, game managers and I think, don't win and I, and I see the comment in here from Bailey saying that Lovey Smith isn't the guy for Davis Mills, but I, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I think you, this is exactly – what to your point you need to see davis mills see if he can be those the quarterback that can go out and make those plays because like we've said in the past like you've really said in the past you can't win in this game with a game manager quarterback it's just not it just doesn't happen it's an anomaly if you do um but you have to have a quarterback that can go out there and take over a game when needed and and this year we haven't seen it from davis mills but he's young uh another piece in that offense that i'm really liking a lot Damian Pierce, just a fantastic running back. Bainbridge, stand up, baby. Hey, I saw the story you did on him yesterday, man. He's he is he is that dude. 14 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown uh last week. Or yeah, 14 carries, 131 total yards, a touchdown. Um, this is this is a guy that has been getting hotter and hotter the more you feed him. So keep feeding Damian Pierce. On the Jags side, coming off of a loss against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, with a lot of turnovers. What do you want to see this week, AJ, from the Jaguars to uh, maybe bounce back against Texans? I mean, honestly, you can keep doing what you're doing. Trevor Lawrence has played a lot better in his second year, but I do think this is a bigger game for James Robinson. Everyone was down last week, rainy conditions. James Robinson didn't have his best outing. I think that changes here. I think they do run him Apparently a little played. bit more against <laughs> – probably for good reason at this point, but <laughs> for last week, but uh, – this week, I, I expect to see it a little different against a Houston team who's allowing over 170 yards a game. They're not a very good rushing defense, uh, 5.1 yards per carry they're allowing. And their pass defense is middle of the pack with those defensive backs and uh, those rookies that I was high on. Jalen Petrie has played quite well in the pass defense. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., we were right. Well, well, I said he'd be good, but uh, Aaron, I think, had him in the top three and deservedly so. And he, they both have shown up. So it's going to be a little bit harder to air the ball out. Not impossible, obviously, but uh, I expect this to be a rushing type of game. Take some of the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. Make it easy for him when he is throwing the ball because you're so balanced and the defense doesn't have a plan to stop you when you're ready to run because then you're ready to pass. And when they back up the pass and James Robinson's hurting you uh, running through the tackles or rushing around the edge. So this is one of those games despite losing eight straight uh like you mentioned this is a new team this is a new uh regime with doug peterson at the helm uh trevor lawrence looking better and this offense and this defense of the jacksonville jaguars have shown major improvements already um if you would like i can go ahead and tell you i think the uh jags are gonna get their first one in in the last 10 yeah oh i guess i should give you my score too huh yep uh, <laughs> I have the Jags in this one. It was 27 to 14. Okay. 27 14. Aaron? Oh, big time. Um, that's I, covering the point. That's that's the spread. That's that's there. That's covering. 24 20 Jags. 24 20 Jags. I will have it 27 23 Jaguars uh, in this game. Uh, next game on 2717, but yeah, next next game on our list it's the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is a game where two teams this is Sunday Night Football, this is primetime action. This is what you want to see Lamar versus Burrow, Eli Apple versus Rashad Bateman. I don't know if that's actually going to be the matchup. I just said it just because I wanted to say it. Is it Bateman hurt? Huh? Bateman's hurt. Is he playing? I don't know if he's playing. He, I don't he know was in a walking did. boot after the game. Oh, so he's not going to play. No, they signed Andy Isabella. Oh yeah, what a hey, <laughs> hey, that's a great fit in Baltimore, man. He fits that system. He fits that system. Um, no, but okay. So this game, uh, Bengals Ravens. Aaron, what do you what do you make of this quarterback battle between Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson? Really, more so on the Joe Burrow side. What do you want to see from this offense in this game? An offense that we've been 
a little down on the start of the season. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, <clears throat> I want to see the franchise guy from Joe Burrow. I mean, I mean that's what he's like. This isn't Davis Mills. Um, this is a guy that was anointed after last year. Uh, he completed 70% of his passes last year. He's down to 64%, which is his lowest, even including his rookie year. Um, and he's throwing more interceptions. He's already got four picks this year. He only had five as a rookie. He had 14 all of last season. So I, he has to be better. And I get it. We talk about the offensive line. I get we talk, we say he needs to be protected. It's not on him. But a part of it is on him. The fact of the matter is, is he holds the ball. He needs to get the brit of the ball a little quicker. And he needs to be more accurate with the football. So I'm looking for him to play better against a defense that – has been susceptible to the pass this year. Despite the talent that they have on the back end, uh, we've watched Josh Allen drive down the field late. We've watched Tua Tagovailoa throw six touchdowns against this team, um, bring them back down 21 points late. People have been able to throw the ball on Baltimore over the past two seasons, despite the talent that they have there. Um, Joe Burrow has to play better than he's been playing thus far. They did not go to the Super Bowl with game manager Joe Burrow. They went to the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow playing um, bringing those electric plays, hitting Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, those guys. So we know what we're going to get from those receivers. They find ways to get open, and they're they're going to be solid. Joe Mixon's a hell of a running back. It's been offensive line playing Joe Burrow, and their defense has actually been really good as well. Um, nice. And that can't be the narrative. It can be the the offensive line can be the narrative. The narrative cannot be Joe Burrow. And right now, he's part of that narrative. Uh, he has to play a lot better than he's been. Yeah, the, the Bengals obviously had that so slow start going 0-2. They've won, obviously, back-to-back games. And in those games, the sack differential from, from the first two to the next two, is, is that's, that's, that stands out to me. I mean, you only allow three sacks in those two wins, but like 15 in the first two games. Like, that's, that's your recipe for success if you're the Cincinnati Bengals in protecting Joe Burrow. AJ, from this Ravens defense, we've seen them get beat by – offenses that have been really good. They've let up a lot of points to the Bills offense, let up a lot of points to the Dolphins offense in this game. They even let up a lot of points to the Jets offense, I believe. Was that that was the thing too, right? The, the, when they, no? Okay. Just hmm. just want to try trying to remember things you're, correctly. You're 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 a little off here, but it's okay. You're feeling your test of verity again. I mean they didn't even give up a lot of points to the Bills offense, but <laughs> Well, I mean, they they did they they they, no, they didn't they look did. that great against the Bills' offense. But AJ, what do you expect to see from the defense of the Ravens this week? I mean, it's it's going to predicate on their stars. I mean, Marlon Humphrey uh, is Marcus Peters going to step up? Uh, you know, are they going to be able to get pressure? And they haven't up to this point, only getting about two sacks of the game uh, per game right now. And against a team like the Bengals, who you mentioned, their offensive line is trending upward over the last two games. This is one of those type of games that one side is going to come out feeling a lot better in the trenches. Is it going to be the Baltimore Ravens who haven't been able to get after the quarterback? Or is it going to be the offensive line of the Bengals who are looking to stop letting Joe Burrow get get pressured, get sacked, get hit? Um, they have to find a way to get pressure. That's just the bottom line because their back end is their pass defense is the worst in the, in the NFL right now, ranked at 32. So if you can't if you can't get these this secondary some help by applying pressure to the one team that a lot of people think are easy to get sacks on, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very tough day for a Baltimore Ravens team that a lot of people expected with all their injuries being gone and players coming back healthy and ready to play would be a lot better at this point. Now, granted, they played some tough teams, I understand that, but you're supposed to be a tough out as well. So um, to me, that defense has to get some pressure this week. Uh, otherwise, they may be looking at another loss in the L column. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to see this defense step up. I want to see this defense look good against the Bengals offense. Uh, I think they need to get to the quarterback. I want to see that that pass rush going. Uh, it's funny. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, Aaron. When we were talking on the show, we talked about the Bills and how they've lost consecutive one point games or, or, or uh, yeah, one score games that the Bills that streak. Well, now they won last week with the streak now being broken. The next team up with that longest active one score losing streak is the Baltimore Ravens. They've now lost seven straight games decided by one score. Uh, mm. This game, I don't think is a one score game. I think this is, I, I have the, I think the Ravens win big in this game. I think this is a, this is a big win for the Ravens. Uh, I will go thir- 31 to 24. That's Maybe a that's one score that, game. That is a one score game. One they win a one score game. 31, 24 Ravens. You're unbelievable. 31-24 Ravens. Matt. You're numbers. unbelievable. Oh, I'll take Baltimore in this game. Um, 
I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Bengals. I'm gonna take the Bengals 28-25. Now we finally have someone who can support the Bengals on this show. Yeah, you know he's a Bengal lover. <laughs> Cincinnati baby, Cincinnati all day baby. Well, we haven't. To be honest, we haven't seen many Bengals fans this season because you know they went yeah. all into hiding after that. They only. They Everybody only showed. <laughs> what did you say? I don't think StreamYard wanted me to say it because I said everybody only shows up when their teams are winning. Otherwise, they're hiding like little pussies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, that's that's a thing. That's a thing. Also, shout out the Titans fans that have come out of the woodworks now after their wins. That's that's right. been a thing. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk about the Titans tomorrow, but let's get the last game out of the way here. It's Kansas City Chiefs hosting Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Chiefs are seven point favorites in this game with an over under of fifty one points. On Monday Night Football, if we get a 51-point game uh, in Monday Night Football, that'd be fantastic because we have not seen uh, many great primetime football games. But we get the Chiefs, we get the Raiders here. The Raiders coming off of their first win last week uh, against um, the Denver Broncos. What do you want to see this game, Aaron, from the Raiders that you saw last week that they need to bring over? I thought you were going to wait to ask me about the Raiders. Um, It's that... It's that dog. <laughs> gotta feed him. You gotta feed him. Josh Jacobs is the key to this Raiders team. And don't get me wrong. Y'all know I love the Chiefs. Y'all know that I'm not picking the Raiders in this game because it is the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> and it is Patrick Mahomes. But if they want a shot, they need to feed Josh Jacobs. That offense, I think, was proven last week to run through Josh Jacobs is going to be your best chance of success. You can still get Devontae Adams involved. He had over 100 yards. Uh, but Josh Jacobs has to be the horse. He's talented. I don't know why you wouldn't give him the ball. He's on a contract year. You might as well run him into the ground. If you don't want to pay him, fine. Don't pay him. Don't keep him. But give the man a damn ball so you have a chance at winning. Uh, We've seen it. I I thought the offensive line played a lot better against the Denver team that we've talked about their defense. But Josh Jacobs, the yards after contact, his ability to make plays starts there. The Raiders run the football. They'll have a chance to keep this one close. But that's about it. Keep it close. Everything in that game last week matched, like basically topped everything he did in the first th- three games for Josh Jacobs. Like that was that was a season high, career high game for Josh Jacobs. That's that is a big key to success for the for for uh, Las Vegas, in my opinion, and also a very big key to success for my fantasy team if Josh Jacobs can get things going. Uh, but for for the Chiefs in this game, AJ. What do you want to, uh, this team is on a different level. Like this is, I, I don't, I don't even know what kind of question to ask about the chiefs. Cause like, we're not watching for anything from the chiefs. There's not like it's Patrick. Mal- is there something to watch for with the chiefs in this game? I mean, so once you can't talk about the offense because of how good they always are and how good they started this season, you go to the thing that we always talked about holds them back until the second half of the season, and that's their defense. And that hasn't been the case so far. They've actually been a pretty decent defense, despite their pass defense not being great. They're 13th in total defense, and they're in the top three. Uh, some people would say number one in rush defense. So I love the fact that he went with Josh Jacobs because I think you have a battle at this point. A guy that they're going to be feeding the ball to and Josh Jacobs over and over again against a Nick Bolton and Willie Gay-led defense uh, who have been able to stop the run week in and week out so far. Now, there may be some context to that depending on who the rushing teams they played against, uh, but so far they've been able to step up to the plate. So if this defense can do what they've been doing, it may be tough sledding for Josh Jacobs. It just depends on which one of those sides is going to levy a little bit more. Um, and I don't, I'm not going to tell you which one if I think it's Josh Jacobs or the Kansas City defense. But uh, I think that's what you're looking for is to see if this defense can keep trending upward because so far their offense, you're right, there hasn't been much to really ask about. Do, do you think in this game it's going to be which, – which side do you lean on? Do you think that – do you think in this game with the Raiders offense, like you obviously brought up the point you're, you're, you're right. You, the chiefs defense has been great against the run. Uh, the number one team uh, in least amount of rushing yards per, um, allowed. Do you think if the Raiders struggle uh, rushing the ball, that they just quit? They don't, they go back to what they did in the first three weeks. Not quit like in the game, but like we don't see Josh Jacobs get the ball. I, I don't think so. I think the amount of volume that Josh Jacobs is going to get is going to allow his numbers to look great. It'll be more about the yards per carry. Is he going to have a great night because they gave him the ball 25 times? Or is he going to break out a couple times and actually have a yards per carry up in the fours and fives? So um, you think if, McDaniels is patient with it? You think you think that – because, I mean, in this game with the Chiefs, yeah. like you, 
you might not have time to be patient with you. Like you're going to have to score point. This, this Chiefs offense does not stop. Like it's, they score. But so like, is he going to be patient enough to say, okay, we're going to like, it, it's not working, but we have to keep up with the chiefs. Like, how are we going to do this? I mean, that, not if they're losing by 14 and 17 points, obviously at that point, you got to throw the ball. It's just, I mean, Derek Carr has been up and down and it hasn't been what you thought it would be with Devontae Adams coming in. I don't know if Hunter Renfro's back, because to me that does make a big difference. Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro, what he can do in the middle of the field, really gives defensive fits. But if obviously if you're down 17 points, no, you're going to throw the ball. It's just, is Josh Jacobs going to be a part of that, that formula or not? If they have the luxury of running him and he's actually getting yards and pushing the pile and, and uh, moving the sticks, then of course you're going to keep giving him the ball. It's just it has to happen early. If it doesn't happen early enough, yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're going to end up having to abandon that strategy. I, I think I think this game comes down to Devonte Adams I, and and give, giving the ball. I think that's what they they're going to have to score points. They're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs. And last week we saw a good week from Devonte Adams. Nine receptions, 101 yards. Like that's a good week for him. You have to get him involved. You have to find ways to get him in the end zone uh, and and keep up with with what the Chiefs have going on. That's 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 the plain and simple thing to me. It's that's it. I don't think it matters what the Las Vegas Raiders do. Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> are going to win this game. And by the way, AJ, Willie Will Gay suspended, so he's not a part of the defense. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, mean, I mean, can you? Can you he still leads this, this team. <laughs> like, can, can you really stop this guy? Like, look at this. Look at the ball placement. Look at Marquez Valdez Scantley looking like he's got some Jerry Rice in him. Look at, first of all, just look, I'm just going to marvel at this. Jerry like, whoop. Rice. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, let me talk it over. Oh, there you the go. Best Nobody does seen. that. These are not design plays. Nobody has the creativity of a Patrick Mahomes. He is the, the second coming of Jesus as he walks on water. <laughs> um, this is this is this is Patrick Mahomes, and it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Patrick Mahomes. And Andy Reid is just the icing on the cake. Kansas City so, wins this game. Uh 38 to 23. I was I was wondering if because the the over under is fifty one points. I was wondering if you gave all fifty one points to the Chiefs. That's what I was wondering <laughs> hey, here. To be completely honest, the last time the last time Patrick Mahomes played the Raiders, I believe he threw five or six touchdowns. I'm yeah, I, I I am going. I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs here, thirty eight to twenty seven. And I'm a little nicer than both of you. Uh, Kansas City, thirty four to twenty four. Wait, wait, what? How is that? What nicer? Who is the who's being who's 38, 37, giving them extra field goals? <laughs> you are this is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure Raiders fans appreciate you being nice to them and not giving them an extra field goal, uh, in this game. I'm really sure that, that that's a thing here. Um, I'm, that's, yeah. that's okay. All right, that does it though. For another episode of the Saxony Podcast, we'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow talking and previewing uh, the NFC home games as well as recapping, hopefully, a good Thursday night football game between the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. For my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>